Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. This is part two of the year in review that I did with Josh Arbuthnot with the Fresh Take Network. Uh, you can, by the way, find the podcast in its entirety over at the Fresh Take Network. Uh, we went about two hours to let you know how many of these we're, we're going to be breaking this up into. Uh, so it continues today and it starts off with a, a bit of an area of expertise for me as we get into some of the face punching stuff. Um, <laughs> next up is... Uh, a little bit of a peek to uh, a pod that we have coming in a little bit here, but this is the best combat sport athlete. So this is a mix of MMA, boxing, and wrestling. And two of those had really good years. Boxing, you know, it is what it is. It's, it, it has some really good fights next year, actually. There's some really good mm-hmm. boxing matches next year. Uh, but what a great year for mixed martial arts and pro wrestling, my goodness. But uh, yeah. I'll let you. I, I had some MMA guys that on will mention on here, but I'll let you kind of go for who you're going to go with overall on this, Peter. Yeah, there are a lot to choose from. Um, honorable mention in the boxing world to Terrence Crawford. Um, yep. He gets uh, a win in probably the biggest fight of the year, uh, knocking out Errol Spence Jr. in just an absolute domination. Um, but to to me, I think you have to go Islam Makhachev. He only fought twice this year, but both times. Um, it was a fight between the number one and the number two pound for pound fighter in the sport. And he ended up winning both of those. And so when you can win the the fight between the top two fighters in the sport twice, it, it gets you some points. So to, to me, Islam Makashev gets the, the win uh, for what he has done now as the, the UFC's lightweight champion. So I had Makashev and I had Strickland on honorable mention. I went mm. to the world of professional wrestling on this one. And I went with one uh, bruv. I went with Will Ospreay, who supersedes you know the idea of what it is to be an athlete this is the definition of an athlete right now and well professional wrestling you know your top anyone's top 10 list this year is going to be unbelievable i find it hard to find anyone number one that's not named will osprey this year from another great g1 performance to the kenny omega matches to i could list stuff that just go on and on. even the jericho match was Mm -hmm. at uh was fantastic to be probably next to cm punk the biggest signing in the history of AEW. I could make an argument towards that. Uh, yeah. Shane Strickland also uh, was uh, one I thought of for MMA because he had a great year as well. Like Kind of like what you're talking about with Islam. He only had two fights, but he made him worth it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It made him count. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, Will Ospreay, like, um, he rolls out of bed and has a four-star match. And, awesome. like, there's, there's different parts of his game that he has really – started to figure out um over the the last little bit um and so yeah it, it's like he he has turned into the, the best wrestler in the world and um now to get the stage on on AEW on a consistent basis i think is going to be great uh they're having a a much bigger uh footprint as they uh whip the door open like my dog just did here mm-hmm. into the UK market um i think he's going to be leading that charge 100% Next up, we go to college athlete, and this is where I gave uh, Caitlin her due, uh, and everything just kind of echo everything that you said. Uh, just a phenomenal talent. Winning, obviously, she wanted to win, but winning wasn't what she needed. It wasn't what we needed as an audience as much. She you know, sent Angel Reese and the LSU team to an indifferent uh, stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, it is setting up for, this is going to be one of the most fun March Madnesses we've ever had. Uh, with the women's side, you know, I, I really think people will be filling out women's brackets this year oh, yeah. in a way that you've never seen before, which is awesome. And yeah. obviously, people always fill the men's out. But, you know, I, talk, getting to talk to people who's in charge of Alberta and Canada basketball, they're just hearing like, 
man, like I've heard more hype for this women's tournament than I've heard for the the men's one. And hopefully we can do that up here in the uh, the Canada West, start getting that going because we have a lot of talented people, especially here in Calgary. Um, but what Caitlin Clark has been able to do, and it's funny, it's in the, it, it's kind of in that side, Peter, of Paige walked so Caitlin could run. And when she ran, and even before that, Sabrina like crawled. Sabrina yeah. crawled, Paige walked, and then Caitlin ran to get us to where we are now. Yeah, this is going to be a group that's all kind of interlinked uh, as they go into the WNBA. And um, like it, it's, I, I think if they had the same um, draft rules um, or lack thereof as the NBA did, Caitlin would already be in the, the WNBA. Um, and I think the, the, the limitations they have, um, while we're, we're never ones to celebrate uh, limited earning potential for people, um, like th- this has made this tournament must watch. And I like, yeah, like I, I think b- between, Caitlin Reese and um and Paige, you can name three players in this before you could name one player in the um in March Madness on the men's side. Um and even then that player is Brawny, who has only just now started playing. So yeah. it's um it, it's been really, really cool to see. Yeah, she was my pick as well. Um 27.8 points per game last year, 30.2 this year. Go um, and that's when I was looking at my notes that probably improved uh since then. But yeah, she is. Um, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's so much fun watching her play. And uh, next up is, uh, is a Canadian, uh, one. I wanted to make sure we had a Canadian uh, amateur one and we also have local as well. So I could have doubled up on this one. So maybe I'll get to that one. The next one I got, a, I got a chance to see a lot of really good players, uh, at, at this, at this level in the basketball world. And, uh, look, there's one player in particular that's really good in Diego Maffa, who also played in the CEBL this year, who is fantastic. I'm going to go a little sentimental on this one. Um, and I'm going to go with Charlie Connor from the State Trojans, who ended a unbelievable five-year run at SAIT. This guy is the greatest State Trojan of all time. You're talking about a guy that played five years collegially and has five conference championships and then walks into the sunset with his coach with a national championship. You can't you can't write that in storybooks. It is yeah. one of the best endings that we've ever had. Everything that Chuck has been able to do to grind out, hit big shots in that game against Dawson, and then go out on top. Just one of the best uh, collegiate athletes that I've had the pro- the profession and the ability to be able to call. So I give him the uh, the Canadian Amateur Athlete of the Year. Uh, yeah, I I, I kind of struggled this one, and even uh, right now I realize I left that spot blank. Uh, but just thinking about it here, um, he didn't do a lot in front of our eyes. It, it was but one inning pitched, but what an inning it was. Uh, Matt Thank Wilkinson. You. Thank you. Someone um, had to do it. Yeah, yeah, he gets drafted to the, the Cleveland Guardians. I believe it was a 10th round pick. Um, he just absolutely balled out in every league that he pitched in this season. Um, I, I think he he's going to be... It, like it, it just it was a blast to watch him pitch, and it, it's cool to see that the success, uh, success story that he's had so far. Yeah, and everyone now, even the guard, it's funny stumbling onto Guardians Farm TikTok, <laughs> which is a weird yeah. sentence to say. Yeah, it's like we got this guy in like the 160th pick. Like, look at this guy, and it's yeah. so interesting watching Guardians fans like starting to hype up Mike the way that we now got to see him the last few years in Okotoks be part of the yeah. uh, the first championship that they won and now are back to back. So, uh, and that's interesting because I went to local 
next. And I and I did go with an Okotoks dog. And I went with uh, a guy that you and I got to see hit a big home run in game one of the championship. And that's Brandon Luther, who has mm-hmm. been absolutely awesome here for the Okotoks dogs. You know, it, it's uh, there is a lot of really good, solid athletes uh, from the dogs, from the surge this year, from the Calvary that don't get mm-hmm. the recognition that they deserve. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this award. Brandon Luther, who you and I have had the profession, the, the uh, trying to say here, the luxury of getting to call him has just been, man, just, uh, and, and it was so funny because from you to me, to Gino all year, it's like, you know, Brandon's been great, but where's that home run power. And then in the playoffs, it just like, like a, like a switch went off. It's like, all right, I found it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it really did click for him. And it was, it just, it never clicked off after that. It was just every at bat, the ball was absolutely jumping off of his, excuse me, jumping off of his bat. And that was really fun to see. Um, I, I had him written down. Um, so I will go with my my other pick, um, Ali Musi for Cavalry FC. Um, nice. He won the Players Player Award um, th- this year. And it just felt like um, we, I had season tickets this year for, for Cavalry. So got to, to watch a ton of games. And it just felt like, Every time a big play was happening, he was in the right spot at the right time and uh, creating opportunities out there. And uh, a big part of Cavalry winning the, the the regular season title this year and coming oh so close to, to winning a championship uh, this season in the CPL. So I, I thought Moosey deserved a, a bit of credit here as well. That's awesome. And again, you know, when we come here to the summer, we, we were spoiled this year as uh, Calgarians. Yes. Uh, having the Cavalry, having the Dogs, those two have already electrified and then obviously having the surge yep. here for the first year and then having obviously other things all over the city. It was one of the most fun for having sports uh, yep. I, that I think the city has been able to have of really having, you know, a downer of a flame season, which you're forced in front row for, for a lot of it. But then to have be like, Hey, like, yeah, the flames are the flames, but look at all this other stuff we have here. Yeah. And for a long time, it was, I mean, hey, check out the Roughnecks. And now everyone kind of knows the Roughnecks are really awesome. Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of branched out a little bit. And to a CFL conversation that could be uh, like its own show, you yeah. would wish the Stampeders would be able to kind of harness that energy as well. They, they just haven't. Um, even when they were playing well, they, they didn't get the, the city feeling that way. But no, you're right. Like with Surge, with Cavalry, with the Dogs, it has been, it, it was a, a truly fun summer uh, out here in Calgary. Next up, we have the best coach. I'll let you take that one, Peter. Yeah, I kind of bounced around on this one a little bit. I did end up going um, Andy Reid. Um, I, I think he was like, you look at Kansas City, they don't have a lot there. Uh, aside, like they have the, the best, one of the most talented humans to ever play football on Patrick Mahomes and maybe the best tight end ever uh, in Travis Kelsey. But after that, they don't have a lot there. Um, no. And you you see like the, the play calls that they had in the Super Bowl that led to two wide open walk-in touchdowns just with like a little bit of movement in the backfield. And to be able to, to maximize things to get this team to another championship, um, they're going to have to earn it this year if they're going mm-hmm. to, to finish the job out in Kansas City. But um, he he remains at the, the top of his game right now. Um, he's going to have to be, like I said, but he he was uh, in the, the lead up to the, the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, you look at everything he had to work with. They don't really I mean, we talk about the receiving issues week after week on our respective shows right now. But, you know, they were still there last year. Juju was their best receiver. Yeah, um, obviously, it was a better Travis Kelsey. But the run game, you know, was starting to find its way there with Pacheco, but it still, you know, was trying to figure itself out. And then you had an injured Patrick Mahomes. So that was a lot of great coaching for Andy Reid to find another Super Bowl for himself. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a, a really, really great job of being able to do that. And then, um, yeah, like, like you said, like there's the people keep going out and it doesn't look as pretty, but here they are still on the verge of winning the division again for the like eighth year in a row. It's, it's remarkable what he has done in the second act after Philadelphia. Um, great pick. I went uh, to the women's game again and I went with Kim Mulkey from LSU. Mm. We talk about Angel Reese and we talk about all the great athletes in that team. Kim came in and turned this program around to just a yeah. great level. You know, you're in the SEC, which for so long was de- uh, taken over by Tennessee and those great Tennessee yeah. teams. And now has gotten the SEC to a different level with LSU being the top dog there now. And just <laughs> a great run. She, you know, she had a, a nice run at Baylor. And before that, she was at Louisiana Tech for a while. So it's... um it's an absolute uh, great run that she was able to do and pull off and, you know, taking down Caitlin Clark and that Iowa team, just a tremendous coaching job from the top to front and a hell of a recruiter too. The fact that she yeah. was able to bring in Haley this year as well to what's going to make LSU. And we've talked about the, the, the big three, but Haley is uh, definitely in that conversation as well. So uh, I go with Kim Mulkey for my coach of the year. Yeah. Um, Recruiting anyone um, to to a non-Tennessee SEC school had to be really, really difficult. And to to be able to now start to, because it's, I don't want to say it's easy to, oh yeah, just win one championship. Um, I I don't want to say that, but it's another thing to to build a consistent program. And it feels like that's what they have built now at LSU. And it, it doesn't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. And everything that started off the season with Angel, whether it was academics and imparent fighting and everything like that, I really admired how she handled that. And it's a non-story yeah. already. It yeah. could have been a way bigger story, but a good coach makes that a non-issue. Yeah, yeah. Handled that one uh, masterclass, yeah. Uh, best GM, Peter? I went Chris Young of the the Texas Rangers. Um, he he put together mm-hmm. a team that that won the, the World Series. Uh, so that helps. But it was the way that the, this team was built. And it, like a lot of it is just they spent money. Um, but it, it was yeah. like th- th- this team... They, they were kind of overachieving at the beginning. They have a ton of prospects. Like they are probably a year or two early, uh, which is a nice thing to say about a team that just won a championship. But they recognize like, hey, we, we got something here. Like Seager's playing at an MVP level. Um, Simeon was like, is a model of consistency always. And at least Garcia just hits the hell out of a baseball every time he's swinging. Um but the, the pitching staff was maybe a little bit lacking. So goes out, acquires Jordan Montgomery. Um, he makes a trade for Scherzer. It doesn't work. So he just adds more pitching. It was just, it was a really great job in, in being aggressive and consistently looking to improve your team and putting yourself in a position to win a championship. I, I thought he did the, the great, the, the best job of any GM doing that this year. He was honorable mention for me. I went with uh, Kelly McCurman from the mm. Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah. you start this year off. We don't have a goalie. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, getting to do that, making the making being aggressive and getting the ankle trade done and all the other small moves, being an expansion team and getting to where they are as fast as they are, uh, just a tremendous run for Vegas. And again, like, you know, I remember those conversations at the beginning of the year. like they don't have a goalie. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen for Vegas. They missed the playoffs the year beforehand. Is the honeymoon over there for Vegas? Like, are yeah. they just going to know that this is not what's you're supposed to happen. You're supposed to have your struggles. No, it was a one-year struggle. Then they were back to being a Stanley Cup champion. And I think it's one of the reasons was the way that he guided the way for them. Yeah, that, that's an excellent call. And um, like they they have been aggressive um, to a point of being uh, criticized for how aggressive they were. And I, I think that 
um, a, a lot of that, like rightful criticism, right? Like they, they were kind of ruthless in that, but they have now found the mix that works uh, out in Vegas. And you, you see it this year. They are, it feels like head and shoulders above a lot of the competition um, in the Pacific and in the Western Conference in general. And it is, it, it is a, a tremendous job in team building. Like books are going to be written about how the Vegas Golden Knights have built this championship team so quickly. Absolutely. Uh, best individual performance. Back to the women's uh, NCAA again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm going back to LSU. I'm going to Angel Reese because she comes in. Everyone is picking Iowa. It is it's Caitlin Clark's world, and we're just living in it. She yep. was going to sit back and take it. Does the little John Cena, Tony Ayo, whatever you want to call it now, uh, and had a, a, a performance for a lifetime. And as you talked about too, like the WNBA, yeah, it, it's not going to pay doesn't unfortunately pay as great as it should, but those NIL deals, they pay great. And she yep. got herself an NIL deal off of that performance and made a name off of herself. You know, there, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of good individual performances because there was some good uh, individual performances, but you don't see very much that someone has such a good end, uh, performance that they get themselves paid and recognized to a level that they weren't before. And that's why I went with Angel Reese. That, that's a really, really good one. Um, To, to me, th there was only one way to go. Um, and that was, uh, Max Verstappen this year in, in yeah, formula one. one. Um, yeah. he, he himself scored enough points that he could win the constructors title. Um, <laughs> so like he, he beat every team this year in formula one. Um, he was so dominant that even, uh, Checo who finished second, second in the driver's title was so far behind that I was like, do we need to replace him? Like, cause the other guy has the same car and he's breaking records. Um, and this guy isn't like what, what's wrong with him this guy who's finishing second place every week it, it was uh, absolute dominance it, it kind of sucked a lot of the drama out of the the formula one season um but he was like this was one of the most dominant performances we have seen from anyone in any sport since like tiger woods uh so that was that that was where my brain went right away first off shasta kelsey does our f101 podcast an excellent podcast like you he's a solo podcaster which that is bravery. That is <laughs> that is uh that is not as easy as it, it looks, people. Um, but I I am not a big F one guy. But I, much like a lot of people, like I have to watch Vegas. Like the the like the build yeah. up to everything, I had to watch it. And as soon as I watched, I'm like, okay, so what's going on? Like I need to get in. And it's like, and I remember just thinking, like Max is ahead, doesn't need to, but hey, it's pretty and the lights are nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And th there was so much talk going in that one, right? Like they're yeah. they're starting it at one in the morning. It's going to be colder there than any race in history that they, they've started. Um, it, are the tires going to get traction? Why is there a manhole cover during practice that exploded yeah. a car? Um, like th there was so much negative around this. And then the race was fun um, like for everyone but Lando Norris, who, who spins off of the track. Um, like it, it was it's weird how this season went where yeah and max only won by eight seconds so that it made it competitive because normally he wins by 40 um it was it was a great like, at the end of the weekend it was a great maiden voyage into las vegas this go around obviously that they had it back in the 80s but um hopefully a few teams catch up next year and make it a little bit more competitive so that one guy doesn't uh pardon the pun lap the field um yeah. but yeah like that it's it's obviously a sport that is growing. Um, I, I think there may be, I think they learned a lesson from Vegas because like we were like, it, it, it's right around my birthday. I think it lands on my birthday um, in 2024. And uh, my wife is all in on, on F1 after the, the drive to survive series. And so we were like, Oh man, like Vegas is my favorite town. 
um, it's my birthday, it's Formula One, let's go. And it would have been about 10 grand for each of us like to go. Um, so we 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 uh, got a hotel here and watched it as if we were in Vegas um, for $200. But I, I think they're going to have to learn that that, I think they're going to learn that that's, that that was an unrealistic price point. By the time the, the race was coming around, tickets that were $5,000 were 50. So I, I think that they will learn something from that. Um, and, and hopefully we get a bit more competitive season, but that, that's not, that's not Max Verstappen's concern. He's just going out there and, and doing what he does. Yeah. As someone that hadn't watched Drive to Survive, but had heard all the positive buzz around it. The Vegas one was enough for me to be like, okay, next year, I think I need to kind of know what's going on here because this was just exciting to just like this guy is just an absolute dominant like this is unheard of and there's the way the broadcasters have their english accents and everything like that and they're kind of you know chirping and joking the way that we would in in a booth but but they're not sarcastic away in a way they're had their brisk british sarcasm that kind of goes over some people's heads with just how far ahead he was with everything Yes. Yeah. They, they definitely had their jokes with that. And it, it is as someone who grew up on English commentary, it, it's a lot of fun to, to see all of that. And I would recommend like, I know you you are in on a lot of sports. And so I, yeah. I, I don't think you, you need like, hey, just fully engross yourself in an entire new sport. Um, But Drive to Survive holds up, even though like it, it, it starts five or six years ago, you can go back and watch from the beginning. Um, and it, it still holds up as just a very good reality TV show and a very good entry point to, to kind of, cause like we're in the off season right now, blast it. It's what my wife and I did, like just blast through it and get ready for the season. Um, it, it's still something that holds up right now. Uh, best postseason performance. I guess I can maybe next year, things are kind of the same thing, but there was a postseason performance too, that I thought was just joker. Just yeah. Every, everything he just did was, you know, he faced, now that Laker team, maybe I'm a little bit biased as being a Laker fan, but there's just shots that I would just watch. I'm like, huh? No, yep. what? Uh, and it, it was a competitive sweep, I like to say, and I'm sure <laughs> and a lot of Laker fans. But even then, when he faced the Heat, and you know, uh, talking to Jermaine, who uh, is the what broadcaster for the Surge and broadcaster for the Trojans, a friend of the pod, uh, he was just like just the things this guy was doing in the championship was unlike something he's ever seen before. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Nikolai Jokic. Yeah, you know it's good when uh, you beat a team in four games and five games, and both after both series, like yeah, but it was a competitive four or five games. You know, yeah. like that's that's the bar is that like you only got your ass kicked, kind of. Um, yeah, he he was absolutely one of them. Just to to, to name another name, um, Corey Seager with the the Texas Rangers mm. was unbelievable, and with the one of the defining moments of the the postseason with that home run, I think it was in game one, um, where he. And just launches one into orbit and uh, get, gets the Rangers back into the ball game and helps lead them to a, a World Series, kind of establishing himself as, uh, of mortal humans, the best baseball player in the world uh, in the, the non-Shohei Otani division. Uh, best offensive player this year, Peter? Uh, it, it's funny. We're talking about like a two-way player, uh, but I'm, go- I'm going with Shohei. Uh, well, what, what he does offensively, um, it, it's like he, he's hitting baseballs 495 feet. Uh, it just, it sounds different. It looks different. It is different. And it's only half of what he does, but he's the best at it. Best defensive player. Uh, you've already brought him up. Uh, Miles Garrett. Um, yeah, like, yeah, uh, just a, an absolute beast and a game wrecker. Um, I will say it's an honorable mention this year because we've only seen him professionally for a few games. Um, but I, I think we can just pe- uh, pencil in Victor Wembenyama uh, next year. <laughs> you think um, so? Yeah, it, it's the like OG trying to take it at him in the post was hilarious. Um, the the shot w- w- with LeBron 
absolutely knowing what he's doing, um, posing there a little bit before hitting a, a shot over Victor. There's not many people who are going to be able to, to do that. So yeah, uh, honorable mention to uh, Victor Wembenyama, who still feels like just a video game character come to life. Biggest upset in sports, 2023. There was actually a few when I went over this one. Um, and it's one of the ones where I have like a couple of things scratched out. I did eventually go um, Miami Heat over the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Um, just like Milwaukee, the one seed, Giannis, the best player in the world. Miami were basically dead in the water in the play-in. Like I, I remember when they lost that first play-in game, I did a podcast saying like, look, Heat culture was fun. You guys had your moment. It's yeah. over. This thing needs to get blown up. It, it, it's old. It's not good. Oh, wait, what, what's that? Um, oh, uh, just beat the like the favorites to win the NBA title. Cool. All right. I'll shut up then. Um, it, it was and, and it was just it was so dominant. And they just so demoralized that that Milwaukee team. Now, there were like Giannis wasn't 100 percent for sure. Um, Coach Bud had a lot going on outside of uh, the, the basketball court as well. But still. What they were able to do there, I, I thought, made it the, the biggest upset of the year. That's definitely one. Um, I, I I thought about this one, but I didn't think it was enough. But was Alabama beating Georgia? Mm-mm. Which yeah. was just like the ricochet effect of how it did right. upset people. <laughs> yeah, like that that one... What it the, the chaos it caused is enough to... to, to I, I would say to, to warrant that one. I, I like that a lot, yeah. So I, I debated that one, but I ultimately went. Yours, yours is definitely one I considered, but I went with Jacksonville coming back and upsetting the Chargers to mm. go to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, that that's a really good one. The like just like it it, it so defines um, what the LA Chargers are, and I, I know you went on a, a bit of a thing on mm-hmm. uh, on one of your. I shows found a Charger week. fan. I found one. Oh, okay, yeah, I I, found I know one. two. Like I, okay. I know two, and one of them is rather vocal. Um, so I've I've never suffered from a lack of Charger fandom in my life, but I, I can certainly see where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, no, that like that 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 was such a defining moment for the Chargers uh, in an awful way. So I, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, there was I mean, obviously March Madness had a few. I would some some would say that Iowa losing to LSU was technically an upset mm-hmm. to to some of them. Um, I'm sure there's fans that were upset about their teams, but we'll talk about that in a bit here. Um, best trade, but this is also best transaction as well. So if you think there's a signing that you kind of supersede in that, I don't think this year for the worst and the best trade, unlike past years, I'm like, there wasn't any all, there was one transaction particularly that was a big one. Uh, and maybe yeah. that's the way you're going to go, but I don't remember, don't think we had like that jaw-dropping trade this year is like holy crap that trade happened unless i'm forgetting something yeah i don't i I couldn't recall that one either um like you go over all the free eight or all the the trade deadline seasons and like there were there were trades uh but there wasn't like this has shaken this sport to its core i guess like maybe dame to the bucks um because that kind of spirals off a few things um but i i went uh, back to the world of baseball, I went and it, it pains me as a Blue Jays fan. Uh, but I went the Diamondbacks getting Gurriel and Man, that, uh, Moreno. That, that's it. Um, yeah, that that which, supersedes what I have. 100%. Which, which like it turned turned them into a uh, turned them into a, a championship level team immediately. And like I I am not as down on um, I'm not as down on uh, Varsho as other people are. But I I do think that like that. That turned that team from oh yeah they're all right to 
oh, this is a a, a team that is legitimately going to make noise in the NL West and eventually just in the whole National League. That supersedes what I'm due, so I'm going to make that pick. That's when you know you have a good pick. That was the pick because the Diamondbacks, and you could put them in upset as well, beating the Phillies. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just a great run for them, and they just started to just kind of chug along and started to figure out pieces. And, and, you know, people on the Blue Jays, I remember when that trade happened. It did happen, like, late December last year. And I just remember looking at it and be like, what the fuck? And I think I even text you. I'm like, and you're like, yeah, I don't get it. But, you know, we have to kind of see how it all plays out. And I, I'm not on low on, on Dalton as as either. I think there is positive stuff there. Some of the raw numbers, not to be a baseball geek, some of the raw numbers are still really good. But obviously, Goriel, yeah. for example, was such a fan favorite for the Jays. And they just re-signed him, uh, the D-backs, which makes that trade even better. Um, yeah. But- and like it, it, the, the, the frustrating thing with that, not to go on a blue Jays tangent here, yeah. but the frustrating thing with that is that those guys ended up doing like exactly what the blue Jays needed in the playoffs, like big hits at big times, uh, where the blue Jays got exactly none of those. Um, and so that's, that, that's why it stung all the more is that it, it, while Varsho filled a, a defensive need and I think he's going to be fine. Um, Guriel and Moreno, like had major impacts this year on like actual winning baseball. They did. Uh, I looked at some of the trade deadline trades. One trade I thought was beneficial uh, was the Lakers just trading Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Beneficial uh, to both. Beneficial like, to both. It, it was worked out for a him. win-win for both uh, in the sense of they got Vando and they, and they got D'Lo. And now we'll see where that D'Lo piece leads to next year. I'm sure we'll be talking maybe about D'Lo on the worst or the best next year for whatever trade he is uh, a part of because that's going to be a big part. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers trade happened, but it's TBD on yeah. what that is. Cause we never really got to see it, but there wasn't that overwhelming, like the Dame trade happened, but it's whatever, you know, and the James Harden trade, which man, I wanted that to be worst trade, but now I can't do it. I had, no. it. I, I had, I was ready to make that worst trade as soon as it happened. But now, unfortunately this year, I can't make it the worst trade anymore. Um, yeah. But the, the D-backs one, Peter, that's 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 the one because of how it affected everyone going forward. All right, that's the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Like I said, it's going to be like this all week into next week. Happy holidays. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and you'll hear from me again tomorrow.